the old adage that actions speak louder than words. Sometimes we need to sit back. As my friend told me when I was on the dating scene, he's like, just sit back and watch who this person demonstrates himself to be. Don't put on the rose-colored glasses and project onto this person who you hope he'll be. Don't feed him lines. Just sit back and watch the movie. Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. Psychologist, author, speaker, musician, former professor, and the host of Love and Life, Dr. Karen Anderson Averill. Welcome to Love and Life. I'm Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. It's September, which means in just a few weeks, we will be celebrating National Unmarried and Single Americans Week. Maybe you didn't know there was such a week, but if you've been part of the Love and Life community for a while, you do know about this week because we celebrate it every year. It's something that I stumbled upon when I was single, and I thought, well, all right, (laughs) that's great because... There's single shaming out there and there's a lot of stigma and people look at you sideways. Why aren't you married? Why aren't you coupled up? And so to have a week that just celebrates the single life, I think is a really great thing. On Love and Life, we are going to celebrate big with bonus episodes throughout the week, new content, also giveaways and freebies, just that kind of support that I wish I had had when I was single. And as I was thinking about that support that I wish I'd had when I was single. I know you know that that's why I wrote my book. So obviously, I felt that there needed to be a different message in the space. I didn't love a lot of the self-help books I read that were supposed to be helpful, and I didn't think they were, including pretty much any book that claimed to reveal the foolproof five steps to meeting, quote, the one, I just didn't believe that finding love could be reduced to some sort of action plan. Plus, what works for one person might not work for another. Ultimately, we need to just be ourselves when we're dating. But a lot of the how-to-date books seem to suggest we need to become an entirely different person. And that always bothered me because don't you just want someone to get you and see you? to cherish you and love you, as Billy Joel put it for the Gen Xers out there, just the way you are. So I always resisted the, you need to be sassier or more of a mean girl or play hard to get messages. They always felt so phony. But there were some books along the way that were helpful. I know many of you are readers, as am I, and so I thought I'd take a few minutes today to share some of the books that were particularly empowering and encouraging for me when I was single. My Single Girl Book Recs, right after this. Have you heard? You can now listen to my book, Single is the New Black. Don't wear white till it's right. As you know, I wrote the book I wish had been available to me when I was single. So obviously, it's not about how to snag a man. Rather, it's all about how to stay strong amidst single shaming and remain true to yourself and never settle for anything less than an extraordinary relationship. 
Find it on Audible or iTunes. And for a free sample, check out Chapter 11 of Single as the New Black in Episode 145 of Love and Life. Let's start with a few books that really helped me date smarter, not harder, especially when I was caught up in an it's complicated type situation. Number one, this one is a classic. He's just not that into you. If you're Gen X or a millennial, you'll definitely remember the Sex and the City episode, which inspired the book. Miranda is giving Charlotte, Carrie, and Carrie's boyfriend, Berger, the details of her most recent date. She's giving them the play-by-play, and she wants to know what they think. Carrie and Charlotte assure her that even though the new guy was taking things a little slowly, that's just because he respects her and because he's got a lot going on. When Miranda asks Berger, though, he says... I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. He's just not that into you. Carrie's like, Charlotte gets all upset. And when I first saw the scene, I reacted the exact same way. I was like, what? And of course, Carrie and Charlotte get real protective of Miranda. And they continue on with additional excuses as to why he wasn't spending more time with Miranda. He had an early meeting the next day. Miranda, on the other hand, loves the clarity that Berger's simple statement gives her. The book is similarly clarifying, and it applies this tough love mantra in a variety of dating scenarios. And believe it or not, even in the context of he can be not that into you, even when you're married. The author, Greg Barrent, I think I'm saying that right, was a script consultant for Sex and the City. And it wasn't just Miranda who embraced the he's just not that into you truth. The Sex and the City audience resonated with it too, which is why Barron wrote the book. And in 2009, Hollywood released a film by the exact same name. But I will be honest, the movie is just okay. I saw it with some girlfriends and I was still single at the time. And I remember being pretty irritated with the storyline because the main character looks fairly desperate and pathetic at times. But back to the book. Like Miranda, I found the he's just not that into you reality to be very clarifying. Too often, we overanalyze relationships, especially in the beginning when we're trying to figure out what's going on. He's just not that into you, reminds us to watch his actions and realize, as Berger puts it, with guys, it's very simple. If we're not into you, there are no mixed messages. In episode 35 of the podcast, I answer three It's Complicated questions from listeners. So check that out if you're currently in an It's Complicated situation yourself, or if you'd just like to hear more about the topic in general. Of course, I highly recommend He's Just Not That Into You. It's tough love. It's not an easy read because you're going to be like, oh, shoot, yeah, I've done that before. I've tried to overanalyze the situation. I've tried to figure out what was going on in his head. And so often it's the old adage that actions speak louder than words. Sometimes we need to sit back. As my friend told me when I was on the dating scene, he's like, just sit back and watch who this person demonstrates himself to be. Don't 
put on the rose-colored glasses and project onto this person who you hope he'll be. Don't feed him lines. Just sit back and watch the movie. Greg Barent must be kind of my dating guru because while we're talking about getting our heads straight, let's talk about another book he wrote, which was incredibly helpful for me when I was going through many of my breakups, but particularly my breakup with Dylan, which was brutal. (laughs) As many of you guys know who have heard these stories about Dylan, I was absolutely wrecked. For those of you who don't know, I met Dylan several months after I broke off my engagement to my first fiance. I ran away from the altar in March, which was two months before my wedding was supposed to occur in May. And I canceled my engagement because I didn't feel what I thought I should feel. I cared about my ex and I loved him, but I wasn't in love with him. And I worried that if we got married, I'd always wonder... What if I'd waited for that deep, intense passion? So I ran away from the altar and ran into Dylan. And to be fair, Dylan and I made no sense. Whereas my ex-fiance and I looked perfect on paper, Dylan and I looked completely imperfect on paper. But I'd left a relationship that checked all the boxes, yet still didn't feel right And when I met Dylan, everything felt wonderful. So I proceeded to dismiss every red flag that was waving because the heart wants what the heart wants. And two years later, Dylan left me for New York and I was devastated, destroyed, wrecked. So back to the Greg Barrett book. The book is called, it's called a breakup because it's broken. And it's my go-to recommendation for anyone who's ever asked me how to get over someone or some advice about how to move through the pain of heartbreak. It's another dose of tough love from Barrent. And he shares his own heartbreaks throughout. The first part of the book is hilarious, where he's drunk dialing this woman and begging her back. And it's all very funny, which it's kind of nice to have a little humor when you're in the midst of a miserable breakup. I can't recommend the book enough. Again, I know that for me, when I was in the throes of that heartbreak, the emotions were so overwhelming that sometimes I had a hard time accessing the rational part of my brain that really needed to be present and activated. I would wallow in the feelings and Barrent, maybe because he's a guy, uh uh-oh, there I went, I went there and I, (laughs) the male brain is different, but Barrent does a really good job of helping to pull you out of that place of emotional flooding and bring you back to a place of let's be rational, let's be smart about this and yeah, it's a great book. I talk a lot about single shaming. In fact, The second episode I ever recorded for Love and Life was about single shaming. It's something I felt acutely when I was single. I felt it even before the term single shaming existed. That being said, sometimes I wondered if I was being overly sensitive or maybe it was all in my head. But then I read Singled Out by Dr. Bella DiPaolo. Her work validated everything I felt when I was single. And in fact, I cite Dr. DiPaolo several times in my book. 
She provides the psych research, which reveals that single shaming is in fact a thing. And yes, you have every good reason to feel its effects. So if you're in that space, check out her book, Singled Out, How Singles Are Stereotyped, Stigmatized, and Ignored, Yet Still Live Happily Ever After. You will feel both seen and validated. And if you're a psych geek and love the research, Dr. Bella DePaulo has done tons of research herself, and she cites a bunch of other research as well. Speaking of the single life, I found Melanie Notkin's work after I was married, but wow, I wish I had known about her when I was single. Her book, Otherhood, is incredible. It provides the sociological take on the single life. Notkin also shares her own experience and those of other single women she's connected with in a beautifully written book, part memoir, part sociological take on the experiences of single women in the new millennium. I loved her book so much, I asked her to appear on the podcast, and you can hear Melanie talk about her book and her work in episode 159. If you're single longer than you thought you'd be, you might end up marrying a man who's divorced. And this man may happen to have kids, which is a very daunting reality because step families face unique challenges. And as the fairy tales and Disney movies remind us, stepmothers are evil. So when Dan and I got engaged, I started looking for support as I stepped into a step family and became a wicked stepmother. There are plenty of books about blended families, but this wasn't a his, hers, and theirs type situation. Dan had kids and I did not. Dan had an ex-wife and I didn't have an ex-husband. I wanted to find a resource for my particular situation. And the book I found, which was helpful, was called The Single Girl's Guide to Marrying a Man, His Kids, and His Ex-Wife, Becoming a Stepmother with Humor and Grace by Sally Bjornsson. Sally was also single, without an ex-spouse, and without kids, and married a man with children, and it just felt helpful to know that other women have stepped into this world and this life, and it's absolutely worth it, despite the additional challenges that obviously stepfamilies are going to bring to the table. I'd love to connect with you via my weekly newsletter. Joining the Love and Life email list ensures you're the first to know everything going on in the Love and Life family. You'll receive insider perk pricing for consultations and events, and it's the best way to keep in touch when I do what the research suggests is very healthy and take breaks from social media. Subscribe on my website, loveandlifemedia.com. And as a bonus, you'll get my free Empowered Dating Playbook. Another book that was fascinating, although I wouldn't really say it was helpful per se, was Step Monster by Wednesday Martin. I say it wasn't helpful because it's more of a sociological commentary on the experience of being a stepmother. And it's not meant to really be a self-help book, but rather, as the subtitle puts it, it's a look at why stepmothers think, act, and feel the way we do. Martin has a doctorate, so if you geek out on the research like I do, you'll find her work fascinating. And it's definitely validating to know you're not the only one who feels all the feels surrounding stepmotherhood. 
One final book I'd like to mention is called Your Best Life Now. When we were all living in Chicago, my friend Trisha went through a very painful divorce. Uh, I don't know. Are any divorces not painful? And she found this book. It's by Joel Osteen, which as soon as you say Joel Osteen, people take sides. If you're not a Christian, you're like, oh, he's just that TV evangelist guy. And if you are a Christian, then you may have a lot of other thoughts about Joel Osteen. But what I can tell you is this book really helped Trisha come back from a very dark place, which, again, makes perfect sense. When you go through a divorce, you go into a a dark place. So when I broke up with Dylan, she recommended the book to me and... I can tell you the book was incredibly supportive for me when I was in a very, very pain-ridden place, when I, when I had lost hope, when I thought, okay, I called off a wedding and Dylan and I didn't work out and now here I am again. And how can I possibly believe that love is still available to me? It seemed really hard to maintain hope. I wasn't sure I could do it. And Joel's book helped me do that. Helped me believe that, as he puts it, a setback is really a set up for God to bring you something so much better. Whatever you're grieving, that loss, that pain, and in my case, that relationship with Dylan that there was something so much better out there for me. I just had to sit tight and it was coming. So I share that with you because hope is huge and it's so powerful. I did an episode about it. I think it was the beginning of 2021 about the research behind hope. And Joel and his work absolutely helped me maintain my hope. If you have just a few seconds to help me out, I would so appreciate it. You can do so by heading over to Apple Podcasts, giving us a five-star rating and a few sentences of review that helps others find the program and join the Love and Life family. So those are the books that really stand out to me when I think back about what was helpful for me when I was single for all those years. And it's kind of crazy. I, I feel like there should be more, but at the same time, That's what caused me to write my book, like we were talking about a moment ago. And just to be clear, obviously, any author who goes about writing a book thinks that there needs to be another voice in the conversation. And that's what I did. But when I say that, I truly believe that every author who writes a self-help book has the best intentions. And I'm sure those books that I didn't like, I'm sure that they've helped many people. So I want to say that because I know that when I talk about, well, this is why I had to write my book, it could sound as if I was disparaging other authors. I don't mean to do that. Plus, there were probably a lot of other voices out there that I just never came across. Like, I've been in this space now promoting my book and my podcast, and I've met so many incredible authors with so much to offer, singles and the single experience, the single life and How to Date Smarter, Not Harder. You know so many of these authors. One, of course, would be Dr. Duana Welch, who's appeared on the podcast many times. She is one of your very favorite guests. You can start with her episodes. Episode 92, we talk about her book, Love Factually. 
She has recently revised Love Factually to include the latest research, which of course substantiates all the research she included in the first book. We're going to kick off National Unmarried and Single Americans Week with Dr. Welch. We'll be looking forward to that in the next couple weeks. Another author who has appeared on the program several times is Lise Wilcox and her book Alone, The Truth and Beauty of Belonging is a must read if you are feeling frustrated, hurt, lonely. Lise's work is really powerful. It's deep. It's profound. It's very vulnerable. She shares so much from her own experience as a divorced woman with three young girls and the the struggles of trying to remain hopeful even after so many disappointments in the dating scene. You can hear Lise in many episodes, but particularly about this topic in episode 172 of the podcast. And of course, for those of you who've been around for a while, you remember Leslie Kaz. We were doing Insta Lives, Girls Night In. We did them at the beginning of the pandemic and carried them on for quite a while. It was a lot of fun. I think it was something we all needed at that time. Leslie's book is called Single Girl Bliss. She's been on the podcast a few times, but if you want to catch that episode, it's episode 157. And she is a committed single woman who is not looking. She's not saying she'll never date again or get married, but she's just taken herself out of the the hunt and the pressure and the gotta meet someone and just given herself the freedom to just be present in her life and whatever happens, happens. So there you have it. Some of the books were the ones that really impacted me and provided that encouragement and that support when I was single. And then some books I've found along the way as I've connected with other authors who have a lot of great content, a lot of great messages. Of course, Dr. Welch is steeped in the research. And when we avail ourselves of the research, we're able to date smarter, not harder, love smarter, not harder. And and you know, that's what we're all about on Love and Life. The Love and Life hack for this week is pay it forward. I know many of you are about that life. And that's what I'm trying to do is share with you what worked for me when I was single, what resources were supportive and what didn't work and what things I wish I had done differently. That's all we can do is try to help one another along the way. Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. I want to thank you so much for joining me today and being a part of the Love and Life community. I also want to invite you to join the newsletter list. You'll get a free empowered dating playbook, which is grounded in psych research and psychotherapy techniques. And being a part of the newsletter list is the best way to stay connected with me when I take a very long break from Instagram like I've done this summer, but I will be back soon. I promise I miss you guys. And for those of you who've reached out, to say, hey, are you okay? (laughs) What's going on? I really appreciate it. It means a lot. I just, yeah, it was one of those things where the one week break became two, became three. And I just wanted to be mindful of the research and take my own advice and step away from screens for a while. But I'll be back on social media soon. But I'm thankful to have the podcast as a way to stay connected 
when a break is needed. This is Dr. Karen Anderson Abril, and until next time, make it a great week. Love and Life is produced by Tim May and hosts and executive producer, Dr. Karen Anderson Abril.